Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning, Long Beach Christian Fellowship and beyond. That's the only impression I can do. That's a, no, no. Um, I feel like everybody has already preached my sermon this morning. So uh, in the interest of all of you guys, I'm going to take it like down just a notch. But we are going to, um, we're going to talk about preparing the way. And the scripture that we're going to speak about this morning is Isaiah 40, the classic scripture on that. But before all of that happens, I just want to say that I'm preparing to have longer hair than I've had in quite a while. You know, and preparation sometimes can really stink, right? Because you're in that place where you don't really have a hairdo, and you know if you cut it, it'll be back to short, and you want it longer. So I'm like in that, I'm really in kind of an in-between place when it comes to my hair. And then there's Thanksgiving, right? I currently have two turkeys in my freezer. I have a husband that's washing all the windows in our house. (laughs) God bless you. (laughs) And a big long to-do list, similar but not quite the same as the one that was posted inside that uh, laundry basket, right? Like there's all these practical things. There's all these practical things that we're called to do in every season, whether it's about our hair, whether it's about our home, whether it's about our apartment, our job. We're always preparing something. We're always looking forward to something. And we find ourselves in this season where we're kind of standing on a threshold. And I love that word because a threshold means that there is something behind me that I'm leaving that I'm walking out of. And if I turn back, I can see it way more clearly than I could when I was in the middle of it, even if it's my room, right? Because when I, when I look back into my bedroom, I can see that my books are so not straight on the bookshelf, and I didn't make the bed. And I mean, I can see all those things when I look back, but when I look forward into the next room, I don't see it quite as clearly. And so here we are on the threshold of Advent. And we're standing in that place where we're hoping for something. And Ryan talked about it so beautifully last week when he talked about the past determines the future. But here we are. We find ourselves in the present. We find ourselves on the threshold of Advent. (laughs) And what is Advent? It's another opportunity to acknowledge that God loved us so much that he sent his son to be real and human in our midst, to be with us in ways that we never believed were possible and that still today, 2,000 years later, we don't always believe was possible and is possible. So we get to celebrate it. We get to acknowledge the reality of Christ come in our lives and in the lives of a a world that um, is hard and broken and full of all kinds of anger in this season, all kinds of judgments, so many polarizations. I'm I'm right, you're wrong. (laughs) That happens all over the place. 
And we need to remember. We need to step into that new place of Advent and remember again that Christ not only has come, but like the verbs in Isaiah 40 tell us, he keeps on coming. He's never done coming. And he will come again. And he calls us to do some things. As we're standing on that threshold, and even as we're walking into the new room, he calls us to prepare. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that might look like today. But right now, I just want to invite you to just consider this scripture with me. I'm going to read it. It was the same scripture that Gina read this morning. And this is what we're going to talk about. Three words. Comfort. Prepare. Wait. That's really all I want to say to us. Those three things. I'll flesh them out. Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll use too many words to flesh them out. But basically, that's what I want you to leave here with. Something new is coming. Comfort. Prepare. And wait. So, this is what the Isaiah prophet says in chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. And the mouth of the Lord is still speaking. You can hear him. I read uh, a really beautiful uh, devotion this morning in my jacuzzi time with my husband. And it was talking about um, how God speaks to us all the time, but sometimes the way God speaks to us is through our own words. And maybe if we would hear what our interior is saying to us and move and act with that, we could start to really discern when it is God speaking, using our own voice, because that's the voice he knows we can hear the best. Right? So I just want to invite us, even now, to listen to God. What might he be saying to us this morning? And let's start with the word comfort. So... I don't know about you guys, but I need comfort. And comfort looks like so many things. It looks like some really wonderful things like my husband putting his arm around me and patting me on the side of the, and just pulling me in tight. That feels like comfort. It also looks like getting in line at McDonald's and paying $1.84 for an ice cream cone, right? Now, which comfort is better? Mm, depends, upon the, depends upon the moment, I just want to say. I know that sometimes when I pay for that ice cream cone, God is pleased. (laughs) And so am I. So I'm going to actually invite us not to despise any comfort that comes our way because we are in need of comfort. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah were full of judgment. They were full of violence. They were full of the people 
being brought into exile again, only this time the oppressor was Babylon, where in the past it had been Egypt. So the people were like, ah, and guess who was missing from the story? God was. But now we get to chapter 40, and God is in the house. That's what Walter Brueggemann kind of says about that. Yahweh is back. He's out of hiding. Where was he hiding? Do we sometimes just miss him like that voice that rises up inside of us that we can't say is God for sure? Are we the ones who put God into hiding? Again, just something to consider as I am considering these things for myself as I bring you the words that I have this morning. So who's hiding? (laughs) uh, Can we go back to that first slide again? Because I still want to talk about comfort. So comfort, comfort is the first word that God speaks to the people who are in exile, who are, have been in violent, judgmental, painful places. He says comfort. Depending upon the translation you read, that's going to read just a little bit differently. But there's something really interesting for me about comfort here. Because he doesn't say, I want to comfort you. He says, comfort my people. And if we take that to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says something very similar. He refers to himself, I am the God of all comfort, and I will comfort you in all of your afflictions, not for yourself, but so that you can turn and comfort others. Comfort my people. As we are on that threshold and as we are preparing to celebrate the birth of God on earth, could we be comforters? Could we be the ones who put our arms around one another? Could we see each other and see what that need is? Could we put our arms around one another the way that I said that John will do for me and just pull that person in close to ourselves? Because we all need each other's comfort. I need your comfort. I make up that you need mine as well. Speak tenderly. Cry with her. Warfare is ended. Iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. There has been forgiveness. There is hope that there would be peace. Something is different when we acknowledge that God is in the house. Something changes in the atmosphere when we acknowledge that God is in the house. And I speak that right now. God is in this house. That is why I come to this house week after week. Too many evenings, sometimes during the week, because I trust that this is another place that I meet God, because God is also in my house, and he's in yours. And he's... um, He's at 365 Whole Foods, and he might even be, I don't know about this one, though. He might even be, you know, at TJ Maxx. (laughs) Which takes me back once again to the McDonald's ice cream cone, but okay. My point is God is with us, and I think that's what he was saying to the people here. You forgot I'm with you. Comfort one another with the knowledge that I am present. The next word, prepare. How do we prepare? 
Preparation is really interesting here. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Again, I'm going to quote Walter Brueggemann here because he says the highway is a superhighway because Jesus is a superman God. And he is the one who leads us on the highway. And now if we'll go to the second slide. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. This is part of the way that we prepare people. This is what we do. We lower those things that have been too high. Our egos, our small g gods, our addictions, our anxiety, We lower the things that are too high. And we raise the things that we have made too low. Silence, especially in this season. Contemplation, reading the word of God. I mean, we've already begun to invite you guys to read John 1 because that is where our preaching and teaching is going to be in this season of Advent. This is all part of the preparation. Prepare our hearts. And at the same time, yes, make sure there's food in the refrigerator. And have parties and have fun. I love lbcfparty.com, Mary. That was so great. Yes, party. Because we serve a God who celebrates. The one thing that I was going to say that I didn't say earlier is that we have also come out of a really hard place And we're still in it. I mean, we're all wearing masks still. We have been in pandemic for two years. There has been so much unrest. And I mentioned it briefly, the anger, the the name calling, the ways that we cannot respect someone who has a different opinion than our own, the ways that we decide who we can and can't love. I think that grieves the heart of God, the way that we are as a people. And part of preparation could even be just to consider my own iniquities. Because they, like yours, have been forgiven. And that's part of the preparation. I'm going to go to my last word. And that word is wait. And that's the word I hate the most. Comfort me, yes. Let me prepare, yes, because I like being busy. I'm pretty good at doing that for myself. But then waiting. Waiting all by itself infers that we are willing to hope. That when we stand on that threshold, that we are actually willing to believe, to trust that there is more. That there is life where all we feel is death. That there is joy where all we feel is sorrow. Hope allows us to lament and be comforted in our laments. None of those words, and we've, we've said this to you guys so many times, are incompatible with one another. It's not just that if I wait, I can't do It's not that if I am comforted, I can't also lament. 
These words work together, especially in the kingdom of God. So who, who is the prophet? Who are the people that cry out lower, make things straight? It's us, you guys. We are the ones who are called to all of these things, especially this community, because we're that weird little community, that weird little church. Thank you, Brian Douglas. Got to give credit where it's due. And he was the one who first coined that phrase. We are. We're weird because we actually believe that Jesus is who he said he was. We're weird because we trust that even though this is Isaiah, it still points us forward to that place where we're waiting today. By the way, this scripture is spoken of in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, and in John. In fact, in John 1, you're going to find it in verse 23. It is quoted, prepare the way of the Lord. And we prepare it first in ourselves and then in our communities. And you guys, mostly we do this outside of church. We come here, we gather together to celebrate, to worship, to receive food, to then go out and do all those things that God continuously calls us to do. And this morning, he calls us to comfort, to prepare the way, and then to wait with hope and expectation on the new thing that he's going to be doing. Um, I want to invite us now to a time of communion. And before we actually do that, I'm, there's a poem that I want us to read together. And please read it out loud with me. This is Jan Richardson. And this isn't quite, she makes it in short little choppy sentences. But this, this will work. Strange how one word will so hollow you out. But this word has been in the wilderness for months years. This word is what remained after everything else was worn away by sand and stone. It is what withstood the glaring of sun by day, the weeping loneliness of the moon at night. Now it comes to you, racing out of the wild, eyes blazing and waving its arms, its voice ragged with desert but piercing and loud as it speaks itself again and again. Prepare. Prepare. Amen. And so, Jesus, um, yeah, could we be a people of comfort and preparation? Could we be a people who wait with hope and then avail ourselves and trust that we are forgiven and loved like crazy? Yeah, and would you, be, would you be what we need you to be, our comforter? Would you help us in all the things that we need help with? Amen and amen. So, band, come on down. And uh, those of you who are going to be serving communion, come forward. We take communion together, and we've been doing it every week now because we really believe that there is a transaction that happens here. We believe that the Holy Spirit is present and that he wants to look into our eyes 
And he knows what we need, and he sees us. And in that seeing, he gives us what it is with we, that we need, the body and blood of Christ. And while it is symbolic at the communion table, it is no less true and no less real. So community, come forward when you are ready and take communion. Amen.